0: Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other's stories and learn from listening.
1: Our first episode at Loyola University. Yeah. So here we have Adam Bueller, Bueller, Buller, Buller, Buller. Adam Buller. Whatever you want, I'll answer. (laughs) Adam Buller, one of the undergrad admissions counselors for Loyola University. How many are there?
0: In total, um... There's 20, I mean, like, different positions, but probably about 20 counselors Mm -hmm. in the office. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a couple people that live, one lives in California, one lives in Texas, uh, who recruit kind of that region.
1: Oh, that's so cool. And then
0: one who lives in Rome, um, who recruits for, we Mm -hmm. have a Rome Start program.
1: How long have you worked at Loyola?
0: Uh, This is going into my eighth year here. Wow, that's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, it is weird to think about, you know, I graduated from Loyola in 2009. okay. So, like, I've been here almost twice as long as I was here as a student, and uh-huh. it feels like the time that I was a student here was much longer than the time that I've been here since then.
1: Mm-hmm. Where did you go to high school before you came to Loyola?
0: East Grand Rapids High School? No way! Yeah, do you know East Grand Rapids High
1: School? Yes! Yes! I'm from Spring Lake, So, Michigan, like, yeah, so. I just didn't
0: know, like... Uh, the, I like if I didn't know Spring Lake before I started working okay. with like I guess like I had a I had a friend whose grandparents lived in Spring Lake, but like okay. but yeah, like East Grand Rapids is small enough. But yeah. it is very, very, very similar yeah. to Spring Lake in terms of like community. For sure. Sure. Um, and yeah, just kind of that identity too. So mm-hmm. I went to East Grand Rapids High School. in the 616 area code for <laughs> yes. a long, long time. And then I sold my soul for a 312 <laughs> Chicago area code, which is like one of the hardest things. Because oh, that is. 616 was so tied to like my identity as like a West Michigan person. Oh,
1: How did you know that you wanted to go to Loyola all the way from, 616, from the yeah,
0: 616? Yeah, from way back when, <laughs> uh, the G-Rap. Um, so I started looking at colleges. I was late, like I'd watched... I'd gone on trips with both my sisters when they okay. were doing their college visits. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, both my sisters are two years, like, one's two years older than me, once one's four years older than me, so it's spaced out. Mm-hmm. So I'd seen a lot of schools. Um, but I didn't start mine, and I think I just didn't know really what I wanted. I'm, like, I'm pretty easygoing when you grow up with two older sisters. Mm-hmm. You just learn to roll with the punches, so you're just like, whatever, like, it's going <laughs> to work for me. So I was looking at schools, probably, like, starting... In the beginning of senior year, okay, um, and I came to Chicago to look at University of Chicago, which I was like, oh. that's where Indiana Jones went. I was like really like, and then when you get on campus, it's like all these like gothic architecture and like tweed jackets, and like you know, it's just very classic like romantic academic. Yeah, and I was interested in physics, and so okay, then I but my mom was had seen Loyola, and she was like. You know, I really want you to see this. If you're going to be in Chicago, like, you're going to have plenty of time. You can make it just the second part of the trip. So it was more of an afterthought here Mm -hmm. where I was looking at, like, the backdrop. Mm -hmm. And then Chicago was so much more appealing. Yeah, in my really defeat Chicago. Yeah, I know. Like, you can't... And yeah. so, like, having gone to such a small town mm-hmm. and being in a suburban area that's known as, like, the bubble... Yeah. ...that, like, I really wanted access to different experiences and opportunities. And mm-hmm. I, like... It was really important for me. I never applied to Michigan or Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to uh, kind of go somewhere where I didn't know people. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had a great college, high school experience. Mm-hmm. But, like, in that, I was doing theater. I had started doing band. Like I was getting into all these things that were really exciting that a lot of my friends weren't doing... Mm-hmm. At that point. And so, okay,
1: so you wanted, like, new friends, new experience.
0: And that was, like, such a fun thing of learning, like, more about yourself and meeting tons of different types of people as yeah. a result of going through that. That, like, Loyola in Chicago was really, really attractive because I wanted to have that. I wanted to open up and not have these external pressures of being like, you don't play yeah. sports. And be like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> or, like, you're not a person that, like, likes theater. Or, like, all these <laughs> things. So, like, I just, like, like going to a place where I could start figuring out for myself without having to worry about... That external pressure. Yeah.
1: What was the biggest transition then from like you said, you're like where you come from, the bubble sort of yeah. eleven thousand people, really small, and now there's almost eleven thousand, if not more, I'm yeah. not sure, yeah. I'm just on this yeah. campus,
0: let alone the city. It does put it into perspective. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. the biggest part was, you know, I had grown grow up in a place where there's three elementary schools to okay. one middle school to one high school. So, like, you have known everybody that you're in high school with for at least seven years, mm-hmm. if not, like, ten years. okay, um, And so, like, coming to a place in which I had to completely start over again. Like, I've had friends that you've had since, like, the beginning of first grade. And that was just very different. Like, this requires me to put myself out there, yeah. to, like, step out of my room, to... Sent out for organizations mm-hmm. to like sit down next to the person who's sitting by themselves at lunch, and that yeah. was like scary. Yeah, <laughs> scary at first. Scary. You know, it's like, but I knew that that's what I also wanted too. Like I chose this. It was yes. like self-imposed. I've only had myself to blame for this yeah. too. But that was both exciting and intimidating at first.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so you would just for incoming freshmen, yeah. or I mean sophomores, etc. Yeah, just recommend joining things. Yeah,
0: like, trying to enforce yourself in there. And like throw a bunch of things against the wall mm-hmm. and see what sticks. Like yeah. you're not gonna know. Like you might have to, some things that you're interested in mm-hmm. or that you did in high school, but like so much of like getting involved in things is connecting with the people there too. So as an undergraduate admissions counselor,
1: I feel like you're probably the best person to ask this, what are for the people who will be or are applying to colleges right now? some of the things that colleges really look for on an
0: application. So it changes, like different schools have different application processes and some schools are much more just driven on uh, your academics Mm -hmm. um, and just looking at your GPA and your test score and your admissible. um, And then there's schools that have a very, very, very involved application review process where like some students might, or some like counselors might only read like 75 applications a week with Mm -hmm. like extensive notes and like. You know, it's very small, like, reasons that are defining someone being admitted or denied. And I feel like that's the thing that gets portrayed the most is, like, mm-hmm. that it's this Hunger Games of you versus the people <laughs> in your school, like, against yeah. them. And it's also, like, you have to be this person who's had, a, you know, either deep traumatic life experiences or have a, you know, have a patent on a machine or, like, have started your own podcast. is yeah. like, <laughs> the only way to get into college. And that's mm-hmm. so much farther from the truth. Um like, the way that we shape this, it could be anything that really sticks out on your application. Like, mm-hmm. we're definitely going to look at your transcripts and your test scores and want to make sure that this is going to be a good place and that you're prepared for here. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, you will find things on resumes. Um, you know, you'll find, I think, the writing sample is such a great thing. We don't do interviews. So, oh. like, that writing sample is a great way to yeah. kind of talk more about who you are yeah. um, and just have a conversation with your admission counselor, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing as well is outside the application is just getting to know that person.
1: That's awesome, and I I love how you keep the theme is kind of recurring, like just getting to know people and like really connecting with people. And I think that's such a strong thing here at Loyola. Yeah. Um. And so you also just mentioned how much college was transformative for you. What was like? What was the biggest? Like, how come it was so transformative? Like, what happened that made it so?
0: I don't know that it was any like one lightning bolt moment. Okay. Um. It was more incremental that was okay. these things, but learning to, uh, trust more of my instincts more. Mm-hmm. I think when, you know, Loyola is a place where there's not going to be tailgating at the football game on Saturday morning. Yeah. And like, for me, that was what I wanted. Okay. But it means that you have to then go out and find those opportunities for yourself and get involved in groups that you're not just going to be carried away with like the one thing to do on campus. Yeah. So then that exploration is also starting to figure out like who you wanted to be yeah. and defining that. So like I started off as a pre-med student mm-hmm. um, and my dad's a doctor, my mom's a nurse, and my sister's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Lots of pressure. Yeah, and like <laughs> lots of pressure. They didn't even pressure me that much, but like when you don't know what you want to do, yeah. it just kind of seemed like the family business. Yeah. And I did yeah. a semester of biology and chemistry and was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is not the family business. <laughs> Um, so then I was exploring, and I really loved math in high school, and so mm-hmm. I, I, that seemed like a very easy choice. And then I mm-hmm. took an ethics class here that was amazing. and this teacher was incredible, mm-hmm. and she was using South Park to teach ethics, like making those kind of references, (laughs) and she let me into a 300 level class, and it was a thing that I just pursued because I liked it. Yeah, For no other reason, for not like, you know, what jobs are out there, like what jobs are out there for philosophy (laughs) majors, it's just like people aren't growing weird facial hair and wearing togas anymore of like, so it was just something that I pursued it for the sake of being passionate about it. Yeah. And that was really important to just like as a learning about enjoying the process of exploring new interests as opposed to always being focused on this end goal, too. That like you're developing as a whole person here. Yeah. And like that's the thing that's going to take care of you. That's the thing that's going to make you marketable is exactly growing as a human in all these areas. And like, you know, having those friendships through Frisbee, too. Mm -hmm. Those were the things that really grew me so much and shaped who I am. And then the job just fits, like, the undergraduate admissions job, which, like, you know, nobody's doing that at career day in eighth yeah. grade. Yeah,
1: exactly. But, like,
0: there's thousands of jobs that are mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So then this job was just a great fit for the type of person that I'd become and the types of things that I really enjoy. Not yeah. necessarily, you know, in the classroom, but also just, you know, on campus and what I was doing here.
1: mentioned that your parents, your dad's who's a doctor and your mom who's a nurse, yeah. that they got divorced your senior year of college. Yeah. And so how did that have an impact on you? during your senior year and then afterwards. This
0: all kind of started earlier in sophomore year of college, though kind of like the process of what ultimately led to all this. Okay. Um, And my dad was going through recovery for AA, for Alcoholics Anonymous, and that was just like kind of stressful. But then it it really happened kind of suddenly. We didn't know that this was like something that was, it was all just kind of invisible tension and then there was this immediate separation Mm -hmm. and then divorce. Uh, And I think being at college, it was just easier at that point to just, like, kind of remove yourself from the situation. And so it was just, like, for a while that was it. It's easier to have my life in Chicago and just to you know, go home on those obligatory dates, like yeah. Thanksgiving or Christmas. Christmas, yeah, exactly. And then you're like, <laughs> as a senior in college, you feel like your parents are having a custody battle of oh. like having to figure out where you're gonna be opening up presents on Christmas yeah. Eve and day. Like we oh, were opening no. up at like an omelet shop with our dad. <laughs> and it was like, what's going on here? <laughs> <You> <laughs> One of the things that was so great about it is mm-hmm. this is like, you know, I, I had really tremendous friends in college and mm. most of the time we were just joking around. And at that point though, we were people that would, you know, want to have incredibly intelligent people so then they would have you know conversations about you know anything politics or you know Mm -hmm. we even talk about like aesthetics and music and stuff like that but then it turned to two of my friends parents had gotten divorces yeah one was when they were younger and another one who was in sophomore year of college okay and so it was like all of a sudden like this was a personal reflection of getting to know these people in a way that was like as a guy you don't always talk about this with Mm -hmm. other guys and just like You know who your family is and it was like started off as just being like families man right (laughs) and then it was just like kind of this knowing and joking but it also became into more of this like talking and relating to them about their experience too i started to realize that like family functionality it always seemed like a binary like you either have a functional family or you don't like your parents are married or they're divorced yeah um and uh, having shared that or just like more people knowing that i was going through that and it was just like you know, they would talk about parents who were still together but had mm-hmm. hit a really rough patch, or parents that like, you know, maybe it was even better that they would have gotten a divorce, or they wish they would have, or not. Yeah. And so, like, all of a sudden, you had all these people because you had this personal experience that were opening up and realizing that like, there's a greater spectrum of, uh, like, families in yeah. general that like yeah. everybody's got something. Nobody escapes completely unscathed. Yeah. Started to like, I was like, I really do want to build. I don't like that I'm only talking to my dad like once every other month, or yeah. my mom like avoiding those conversations. So then I just started going to therapy as per okay. like a recommendation of one of my coworkers okay. whose wife is like a clinical uh, psychologist okay. and was just like, you know, you think, I, people think about our ER, psychology and therapy as like, oh, it's going to the ER. Like when something drastic happens yeah. or like when you're, you know. Super v- depressed. Super or depressed or like suicidal ahead. or like deeply anxious or like, you know, OCD. And he was just built this up as like, no, it's like going to a personal trainer. Yeah. There's plenty of reasons. You may be recovering for something. Mm-hmm. You maybe you want to get faster in some area. You know, yeah. there's tons of ways to just, like, everyday life, like, problems that are, like, I want to become more, you know, confident. I yeah. want to become a better listener, more patient.
1: Mm-hmm. If you had any piece of advice, just, like, human to human,
0: what would you tell somebody? Well, I think we kind of hit on this earlier. Mm-hmm. Everybody should see a therapist. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's a thing. But two, I, like, I think that people should be... Um, more involved in the process of, you know, um, figuring out who you are more and more, as opposed to like the end goals, and always feeling like there needs to be an end goal for that yeah. too. So like, be excited about how things are challenging you, or keep an open mind as to like new experiences too. If there's mm-hmm. not a reason, if you don't have a good reason not to do something, then you should do something. There's plenty of there's plenty of things to do where there's a good reason. It's dangerous. It's unsafe. You know, it's illegal. But there was tons of things like, do you want to go eat Ethiopian food? Yeah. Yes, I have no reason not to. And <laughs> yeah. then I just figured out that like Ethiopian food is amazing, and yeah. you can eat with your hands. <laughs> like those are the types of things that like I think open you up to new experiences mm. and new people. Mm. And, like that's how you meet people. This person, I have no reason not to talk to them. So why don't I just get to know them a little bit more?
1: Thank you so much, Adam, for being the first Loyola interview it's for the show. Honor, honor, first
0: time caller, long time listener. <laughs> All right.